Amen, amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to remain standing or stand, if you would, this morning. And I want to pray as um, I begin today. And I wanted to, there's two families that I want to pray for today. Um, and um, one of those is the Stoddard family. And most of you know that uh, Greg and Sheila's granddaughter, Emma, uh, passed away this week after, oh, maybe almost a two-year battle with cancer and had a, an amazing uh, memorial service yesterday. Um, I also want to play, pray for Clay and Starla today. I know this week they've marked uh, a year uh, with baby Cooper uh, in heaven with Jesus. And um, anyhow, I, I tell you what, I, I'm, before I pray, I just want to say that uh, this summer we've talked about the overcomers. And we've looked at people in the Bible. And uh, for me as a pastor, um, there's probably others, but these two families have challenged me in my own faith in the midst of, uh, oh, my unbelievable circumstances of what they've passed through. And just that overcoming spirit. And I guess my heart all summer is in the midst of what we're passing through, that God would give us an overcoming spirit. And, uh, man... Some people that have part, walked through the darkest days have been the brightest light to me as a pastor. And so I want, I want us to pray, and I want us to pray for the Stoddards, and I want us to pray for the Phillips, if you would join me this morning. Father, today um, uh, we come before your throne of grace in our time of need. And Father, we ask that um, your comfort and grace would be poured out on the Stoddard family and also for Clay and Starla and their family. And uh, Father, we thank you for their faith. And uh, Father, we know uh, that you are great enough, Father, to see them through. And we thank you for, as we've even sung this morning, of the great hope that we have of Christ in eternity. And we pray that it would change the way we live now, knowing the ultimate victory that is in Christ. And so, Father, I pray for encouragement in their lives and strength for the days ahead. I pray for us today, Father, as we look to your word that is truth, that you would teach us how we in turn can be overcomers. And Father, so we, we pray that you speak to us today as we look to your word. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we've looked at ten different people this summer as the overcomers in the New Testament. Obviously today we've saved uh, the greatest for last. Because Jesus is the overcomer of all overcomers. And it's not just that Jesus overcame. It is that Jesus is such a great overcomer that all of us can be overcomers in Him. I think in athletic terms, you're talking about strapping the team on your back. I'm going to carry the team. And Jesus carries the team. In fact, the only way that we are overcomers is because of what Jesus Christ has done. We are only overcomers in Him, the overcomer of all overcomers. I want us to look at a very simple yet significant story 
because of the truth that it teaches in, in Luke chapter 11, uh, to just close out um, final message on the overcomers and to just touch on some very simple yet significant truths about how we can become overcomers in Jesus. Um, This is a very simple story. Luke 11, verse 14. We're going to read through verse 22, even though it kind of continues on from there. That's what I want to talk about. Very simple statement in Luke 11, verse 14. It says, And he was casting out a demon... And it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. So that's a very simple miracle story. But it's the discussion that follows after that that brings out the significant truth of what was in that story, in that event. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. Uh, But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, His goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Um, I started the summer and and said, you know, there's, I think there's about 25 times in the New Testament that the term overcomer is used. This is the first of those. In verse Uh, 22. It uses the word overcomes. It's the word Nike that means to be victorious, to defeat an an enemy, to to, to win a contest, to overcome, to be victorious. This is the first time in the scripture uh, that it is used. Now, the message. Now, my sister said to me one time, she said, Daryl, when I hear you preach, it's so simple. I took that as a compliment from my sister Luann. I don't know if she meant it that way. Um, And so sometimes these statements flash back. This morning it's very simple what we learn from the story. The truth is very simple, but maybe as a simple guy, it's like, you know, this this is where we need to settle down with just the simple truth. The simple truth that we learn from the story first is that Satan is more powerful than you are. Satan is more powerful than you are. Uh, we, we see the mute man in the story, even though it's one verse. It's, it's not an elaborated story, 
But in the story, it is the mute who is demon-possessed and the demon has made him mute that is our illustration. Verse 14. Uh, and he was, it's just kind of matter of fact. And he was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. Uh, the demon-possessed man in the story had been overcome by the forces of darkness and evil, by Satan, however you want to describe it. Uh, the first truth we have to deal with is this man had no power to overcome that. Otherwise, so he would have done something about this before, right? But he has no power. Why is that? Because the simple truth that we learn from the Scripture is that when we are in our human state, apart from Christ, apart from God, in our humanness, we got to deal with this truth. Satan is more powerful than we are. We do not stand a chance in battling against Satan. Now, when Jesus discusses the implications of the story and what they accused him of, he makes the statement in verse 21. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. Now, the next verse he's going to talk about the quote-unquote stronger man, but we're not there yet. Verse 21 when Jesus talks about the strong man, in his mind, it is Satan. The strong man, fully armed, Satan has power. He guards his own palace. Satan has a kingdom and a, and a realm of influence. His goods are in peace. He is in control. Satan is the strong man. And I'm telling you today, in your human state, in my human state, Satan is stronger than we are. And it's just a truth we have to deal with. It was true for the mute man in the story that Satan has a hold on our lives. And this is what Satan does. As he did for the first man and woman in the garden, he lures us into sin. Knowing that when we commit sin, we have alienated ourselves, we have separated ourselves from a holy God. He tempts us, he lures us in. When we sin, he has put us in a spiritual state of death. He lures us into sin. The other thing he does is then he corrupts us by that sin on the inside. <laughs> and so he, he takes us down the road of sin. And then he uses that sin, the pattern of sin, to corrupt us on the inside. And he leads us down a path that ultimately leads to death. Now, this is true for all of us. Although the effect of Satan and his power of evil may look different in each of our lives, Satan is more powerful and he has done a number in each of our lives. And before you go, oh, well, now preacher, not me, I'll just say, back, back. Because <laughs> God's Word says 
In Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, when we came to the stage of life that we knew right and wrong, we chose wrong and we became captives not just of sin but the force of evil that Satan then plays it out in our lives and we can do all we want but here's the deal Satan wins because not only does it say in Romans 3:23 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but then in Romans 6:23 it says for the wages of sin is death in our human state, Satan is more powerful than we are. We all fall into his hands, and we will all experience the end result of that, which is not simply spiritual death on the inside, but eternal death, which is eternal separation from God. What I'm telling you is Satan overcomes us all. Any of us that are pitted against Satan will lose. We've already lost. That's in the story. But the second truth, I know that's like, that's like a downer. It's like, oh, well, preacher, do you got some, is there something more? There's more. The first truth is that Satan is more powerful than you are. Second truth, we learn it from the story. It's very simple. Jesus is more powerful than Satan. How do we know that? Well, you go back to verse 14. And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke. That we don't even have detail of how Jesus did it. We have lots of these stories in the Gospels. The man had no ability to free himself from this demon, but Jesus does. The story is that simple. And it teaches us in the spiritual realm, in the practical realm of this world, Jesus is more powerful than Satan is. Uh, and so in verse 20, Jesus says, But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus said, if you saw the demonic kingdom reigning and Jesus came and was greater than that, then you know the kingdom of God, his kingdom, is more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. But it's verse 22. Verse 21, remember? He talked about the strong man. Verse 22, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him. There's our first overcomer verse in the New Testament. He takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. And I wish I had time. Just we, There could be a whole sermon right in there. In that second part of verse 22. Of what Jesus does. Jesus. Is the stronger man. Jesus is more powerful than Satan is. 
And when Jesus came to the earth, he came to demonstrate his power over Satan and the forces of evil and everything that had been affected by sin being injected into our world. He overcame it all. Um, you, you see it so many times in the Gospels. His miracles demonstrated, just like here, his miracles demonstrated that Jesus had a greater power than Satan who had messed up all of God's perfect creation. The cross... I mean, think about what Jesus did. Yes, he came, and in the Gospels, the miracles are recorded, but they all find a climax in the, in the cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? He dealt with that ultimate issue that Satan set before us, which was the guilt and the shame of our sin. And Jesus said, let it all be placed on me. He died to pay for our sins on the cross. But not just that. On the third day, he rose again. Why? To demonstrate that he had the power over death, that Satan... Do you remember, do you realize that in the Garden of Eden there was no death until sin came? Death, even physical death, is an expression of a fallen world that we live, live in. And when Jesus was raised from the dead on that third day... He demonstrated his power over all that Satan had done. Do you get it? And then, 40 days later, I'm sorry, 50 days later, I'm sorry, 47 days later, somewhere later, the day of Pentecost, I'm sorry, my math, it's rolling through my brain. I got issues, you know that. Uh, the, day of, the day of Pentecost, Jesus sends the Spirit and the Spirit comes to live inside of us and all that had been corrupted by our, our nature, the, our insides that have been corrupted by our, our pattern of sin, the Spirit begins to work on. And when we are in the midst of a, of a world that uh, is so messed up and we see the effects of sin, then the Spirit of God comes as the presence of God to encourage us and walk with us through that time. Uh, I've talked about three things that are categories, three categories of things that we have to overcome, people have, have to overcome in Jesus. And we talked about our past failures and we looked at the thief on the cross, the woman at the well, John Mark, Peter, we talked about, secondly, character flaws. We looked at John, Nicodemus, Paul. We looked at challenging circumstances. Uh, the blind man, Stephen, the martyr, Lazarus, death. And the amazing truth that we learn is that Jesus overcomes everything that Satan has affected. He overcomes it all. He overcomes our past failures by His shed blood of the cross. He overcomes our character flaws by the Spirit that comes to live inside of us and transforms us and lets us know of His presence. I think that's particularly true. I said that 
We rise above our challenging circumstances by the presence of Christ that reminds us that he's going to get us home. And some of our families have been reminded that ultimately Jesus gets us home and that's what gives us encouragement as we walk through some really hard circumstances in our life. Everything that Satan affected, Jesus overcame. And he demonstrated that through the miracles, the cross, the resurrection, and sending the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The simple truth of the story is that Jesus is more powerful than Satan is. Um, 1 John 4, 4 it says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Jesus said in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, because Jesus is greater than Satan is. Well, there's one final truth, and this is where we end the whole sermon series, and this is, this is, this is the punchline. This is it. In Jesus, we overcome. In Jesus, we overcome. Satan is greater than we are. We have no hope to overcome Satan. No, he's, he's drawn us all in and we will someday in our humanness, in our state, in our fallen state, we will experience uh, the ultimate effects of that which are death and hell. We don't have any hope. There's only one person and that's Jesus who is greater than Satan. Our only hope is in Him. It's our only chance. There is no other way to overcome except in the overcomer of all overcomers. Who not only overcame himself, what he dealt with. Well, in fact, I, I guess I need to say that. You know, each time we've had a character uh, in the New Testament and uh, we said, what was it that they overcame? Was it their past failures? And you think about Jesus. No, not past failures. Character flaw? No, Jesus was perfect, not a character flaw. If I had to put Jesus in one of the categories, it's challenging circumstances. Here it is. What was Jesus' challenging circumstance? And you see it come to a head in the Garden of Gethsemane. The weight of the world was placed on his shoulders. Our sin, the brokenness, everything. I think that's why I cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because the sins and the brokenness of our world were placed on the shoulders of Jesus. Jesus is so great. He not only overcame what he faced, but really what he faced was whatever it is, we all had to overcome. Jesus took care of all of that. What I would describe as the weight of the world. In Jesus we overcome.
In Romans 8, 37, Paul says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors or overcomers through him who loved us. We do not overcome on our own. We only overcome through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but Paul says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, same word, through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is only through Jesus that we overcome. He is our only hope. Uh, if Luke eleven twenty two 22 is the first time that overcomer is used, I, I've described to you that over half or maybe about half of the instances of this word being used are in the book of Revelation. And so I want to come just in these last few moments to the end of the book, the end of the story, where it talks more about the overcomers and overcoming than any other time. And I, I'm intrigued. There's, and this, this is just Brother Darrell's rendition of this in Romans 5. I'm sorry, Revelation 5. Ro, I'm sorry. Revelation 4, John sees this vision of God on the throne. And there's this, I don't know, it, it makes me kind of laugh, but I'm a little weird. Uh, in Revelation 5, it's like there's a scroll with seven seals. And the angels begin to look around, and John's sitting there, and they go, there's no one worthy to open up the scroll. And there's just this suspense in heaven, even though God and everybody except for John who's standing there knows what God's about to do. But it's John like, oh, man, no, nobody's worthy. Nobody, there's nobody. To, you know, the scroll were the events that were going to unfold. And for God to be holding that scroll is to say, I'm in charge. Hear this, church. I'm in charge of the events of human history. My hand is on the scroll, and there's seven seals but there's this suspense in heaven. It's like, there's nobody worthy. And John begins to fret about this. You can read this in Revelation 5. And all of a sudden, the angels, it's like, hey, buddy. It's like patting a little kid on the head. It's like, hey, hey, it's all right. And uh, there's a statement. It says in Romans, I'm sorry, Revelation 5, 5. It wasn't one of the angels. It was one of the elders. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed, but it's that word overcome, has overcome to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And the rest of the chapter is just about the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world, who is worthy. And there's this whole, there's chapters after that of the Lamb opening up the seals. The Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, He is worthy. We come to the end of the book of Revelation. And I just want you to know, and this is the way, way this sermon series started, and it's, I want to end with this, this, this vision. I don't mean vision in the term of John's vision, but just in the preacher's mind, vision of the end. Revelation 21, and the overcomers are there in eternity. The overcomers have made it. In fact, that's what it says in Revelation 21. The ones who had overcome, they're gathered there. 
I want to make some very simple statements. The only overcomers are those who were in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. You're not going to be there. You're not going to be a part of the overcomers club. No, there's no other way. The only ones who will overcome will be those who found that life through Jesus Christ because He is the overcomer of all overcomers. And the testimony of their life, I guarantee you, will not be about great exploits of how they won great victories. The testimony of their life will be about Jesus, the one who empowered them to overcome. My prayer as your pastor through all this summer and the days ahead, the reason we have looked at all of this is that someday you and I will stand in that place to give testimony of how we've overcome through Jesus Christ. How the blood of the cross took away our sin that stood between us and God. How the Spirit of God that dwelled inside of us transformed us and changed us day by day in our journey here to be more like Jesus. How His presence helped us rise above the challenging circumstances of our life and ultimately even to stand in that place to give testimony. It was through the power of Jesus that He got us home and we overcame through Him. Um, Would you stand with me today? Uh, I want to say this, that um, before I pray, that um, if you have never come to the place in your life like Wyatt testified to today to say, I'm not going to make it on my own. I need Jesus, and I ask that his blood be placed on my life. There's nothing more eternally significant today than that, to make that decision. At the end of the service, I'm going to be standing at the front. We won't have a traditional invitation as we normally would, but I'll be at the front. You can come as people have come in the past, the last several weeks. Uh, If you'd like to me, I, Byron Cricket, are also available if you'd like to reach out to us. Uh, if you just need somebody to pray with you. Uh, Maybe you've already taken that step and you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism as Wyatt has done. Um, My prayer as your pastor is that many of us have already made that decision that the rest of our life would be a testimony to an overcoming spirit that Jesus gives us to know what the ultimate victory is and that empowers us to live a life that is glorifying to him that someday we would stand there and we would give testimony 
of what Jesus had overcome in our life. And so let me pray for us. And then I have just a few announcements. If you're joining us on the live stream at the end of the prayer, you're going to cut away, but the announcements will we'll scroll through so you can watch those. If you're here in person, we'll just ask you to remain standing and give me just like two minutes to, to hit a few things that we need to talk about. But if you join me in prayer. Father, today we, um, we thank you for Jesus. He is our only hope. Father, I thank you for the power that he has to forgive our sins, uh, to change our lives, and to help us to rise above our circumstances. And so, Father, we pray that we would live that overcoming spirit in our lives, and it would be for your glory and for your honor. Uh, Continue to be with us as individuals. Protect us. Watch over us. Father, I pray that our faith would transcend the days in which we walk. And Father, the church in the midst of the darkness would shine brighter and brighter. And so Father, we pray that you would do a work in our lives that only you can do. Father, we trust this to you and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.